Hello, my brothers and sisters in smoke. Pastor Barnaby Rothschild here. And my job today, because those boys are lazy, is to ease you into another Pulpit Rewind episode. Now, today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks over there at Jerry Tobacco Aladino. And they sponsor the studio, even though this episode was recorded earlier. Hence the reason we're naming off these sponsors now. And uh, also, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that The Cut is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. You can get all those great Aladino cigars over there at Riverman Cigar Company. Have those fine, fine Corojo smokes. It's a good time with the Jerry Tobacco sitting there in the lounge at Riverman. And, of course, we would also be remiss if we didn't mention our good friend Nick Gervais over there at MyMonthlyCigars.com. You can get some of that fucking good coffee over there at his website as well. Makes for a nice pairing after a uh, busy Sunday morning of preaching. You can sit back and open up Nick's box and have a nice cigar and cup of joe. It's a good time. Anyway, I don't know what episode Nick selected for y'all today, so try and sit back and enjoy. I, I, I don't know. These old ones really don't do anything for me, but whatever. So sit back, light up your cigar, say a little prayer to the gods of tobacco, and enjoy another Pulpit Rewind. Amen. What are you doing? It's an homage. Hello, my brothers and sisters in smoke. It's time for another sermon from the cigar pulpit. I'm the Bishop of Burn, Nick, and with me, as always... Gator. Uh, we're doing that again. All right, so here we are with our next episode, and today we Nick, are... I wasn't ready. Well, too bad. Oh, I guess we're not doing another take. Nah, it's going. Oh, it's okay. Gone. So, anyway, Hi, folks. So today we are gonna go and smoke something a little outside of H- the norm. Hence the intro. Hence the intro. We're gonna be doing something a little outside of the norm for probably the average premium cigar smoker in the United States these days. We have purchased a pack of Toscano Classico. Now, Nick, why is this? I guess you'll get into it, but there are some reasons that we wanted to smoke this cigar. I will freely admit that I listened to the Cigar Authority, and they had an episode Great podcast. a little while back where they had um, Toscano on, and they were talking about it, and it intrigued me. And so it was kind of one of those ones that I wanted to go and find them and give it a try. And I'll admit, it was a little more difficult to track down in the St. Louis area than I thought it would be. Well, you would have thought that, except... well. They sell at the one store we frequent. Frequent all the time. I know, right? So with that being said, it it is an Italian cigar. Um, They come in packs of five. They're individually wrapped in a pack of five. Um, The pack of five ran me right around like 16 bucks, which I guess seems to be the average price from what I was seeing online. But it is an Italian cigar. It's made from uh, Kentucky or Italian Kentucky tobacco. Grown in Tuscany. Interesting. So, hence the... You t- always have the fun the, facts. Hence the Toscano. Well, I like to look up what we're smoking so that I can give a little information that's, about it. That's why you're the bishop. But now, see, here's the, here's the fun part about this. This is... This this cigar is fire-cured. 
So what that means is that it's, I mean, it's, it's dry tobacco. I mean, this is, this is very dry. I mean, when you, I, I've already unwrapped mine. Should I do the ceremonial unwrapping now? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and for Jeff, for some reason, enjoys making you all listen to the crinkling of the plastic, um, as he's unwrapping it, but he felt as though he needed to, you can take that away from the microphone Because now. this is how they, they come packaged. Yeah, but, you know. I won't lie, it's kind of a, a pain to get out of that packaging. I thought it would be easier to, uh, you know, the cellophane open that is a, plastic, you know. but it's it's a little more difficult than, I mean, Jeff's like gnawing at it with his teeth now. Um, and everything. Look at that action. But, uh, um, oh, folks, here it comes. And I'll tell you, it's a fascinating cigar. So it does taper on both ends. It's kind of a little fatter in the middle, but they're a little cigar. They're, they're you know, maybe at best, I mean, this is a small ring gauge, maybe like 35, 36. Like a Lancero. I'd even go so far as to say it's even possibly smaller. I don't know, but it, it's, it's a small cigar. Yeah. Um, it's got a, a very dark wrapper. Um, kind of oily looking but but it's it's this is i don't even know how to describe it how it's rustic this is a well okay now there's a reason that we did the cigar because of the movies that it's been featured in well yeah so this is the cigar if you're familiar at all with the uh uh italian westerns that clint eastwood starred in you know fistful of dollars man with no name you know those sort of uh were those Italian westerns? Spaghetti westerns? Spaghetti westerns, you westerns. Call them? Yeah. yeah, either way. But um, Is that politically correct in this day? I don't age? know. That's why I called them Italian westerns, you jerk. Oh. <laughs> they do They do mention that in the recent movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They they call That's them true. spaghetti westerns. That's true. That's true. So, so Quentin Tarantino can say it. I'm sure we can. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think true. that's, no. Um, but with that being said, they're, they're very rustic looking. I mean, I I would go so far as to describe this thing. As just straight up gnarly looking. They smell charred. Um, well, that's the fire cure. So these yep. these are these are fire cured, and they do they they have a very distinct you know charred kind of almost like a uh, like a campfire smoke smell to them. Well, and on the cold draw, I mean, actually, me thing I get right away. I'm is, getting charred tea berry gum. There's the tea berry gum again. But mm. see, these these cigars are fascinating. Here, why don't we go ahead? And uh, we don't need to cut these. Um, however, with that being said, you can cut these if you want. The, one of the interesting facts about them is since they are fire cured and just kind of by their nature, you can – they don't need humidification. You can take some Hence of these – why we had such a hard time finding them. Precisely. They weren't in the humidor. They weren't in the humidor. <laughs> we're looking in the humidor. Literally like, on the wall where are behind they? They, we've the We've passed them counter. eight different times. Easily. Uh, per trip at the hill and never, ever noticed them until I actually asked and they pointed them out to me. And I'm like, oh, wait, there they are. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway. And um, you said they're they're actually a fan favorite with some of the old timers well, on the hill. Well, okay, yeah. And see, and that's, that's why it was hard for me to track down in St. Louis is um, apparently the Hill Cigar Company – because the hill, as we pointed out in the previous episode, was a uh, or is an Italian neighborhood. A lot of the old Italian guys like to come in and buy these, and so they go through quite a few of them, from what they said. And they come in a variety of flavors. We just bought the Classico, but you know they'll come in, you know, chocolate and um, 
uh, like anise, like the um, licorice, you know, oh, yeah. and everything, and you know, vanilla and all these different flavors. You really got to watch how you say that. Yeah, it turns into a different <laughs> flavor very quickly. Um, <laughs> but uh, Nick went blue. You started it, but anyway, I always do. They, uh, but they sell these quite a bit at the hill, just due to the demographics of the neighborhood. It's it's just. It's a fascinating cigar. You can cut one in half and share it with a friend. And unlike with a normal cigar that you cannot cut in half because the wrapper will just start to spiral out of control and come apart, these you can straight up just cut in half and split it with a buddy and and everybody's good. So we are going to light these cigars now and give these a try. I will warn one thing that I read in all of my research is that they can be difficult to get lit and stay lit. So, this is an interesting process. Right off the bat, it's an extraordinarily tight draw. And I feel like I'm smoking a stick. Not like the slang term for a cigar, but like, go out in the yard and pick up a twig. And I feel like I'm getting it. ready to walk right into Deadwood for a, you know, check out my gold claim. Yeah. This is a very interesting taste. I mean, I'm getting definite, not burn, but, um, you know, smoked kind of, you're definitely getting a very, uh, kind of a smokehouse. Yeah. Smokehouse yeah. would be a good, a good description of it. It's, it's got a very, uh, hearty flavor to I'm it. I'm not going to lie. I've been really excited about trying this just for the novelty of it. Yeah, well, me too, and that's that's why I, I wanted to track these down and uh, uh, have one because it's it's not a typical smoke by any means, you know. For me, this is this is definitely a very interesting flavor right off the bat. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to work to keep this thing lit because I want to make sure that it doesn't go out. But now for a pairing this evening, I have chosen. To go wild west here, and I've actually got tequila with lime that I'm going to be uh, pairing up with my cigar. Nick, on the other hand, went the Italian route, and I have another glass of Di Sirono, which um, referenced in the first episode. And the thing about it is, um, Toscano has actually partnered with Di Sirono, and they are you know kind of encouraging people to um, use. The, the smoke and, and kind of like how we smoked the, the, the drink last episode, um, they're encouraging people to smoke the Di Sirono with the Toscano smoke and, and get the flavors and everything like that. I'm getting a lot of spice out of the start and even almost a little minty flavor, which I have no idea where that's coming from. You know, the mint, I would almost go so far as to say that it is it's, it's kind of some pepper mixed with, um, man, you know what? I know I said that they have an anise flavor, but it almost tastes like slight, like black licorice almost yeah. to this as well. Like, 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 a, the, like the, a finish a Just a bit. very light finish to it. But like, you know, black licorice and uh, whatnot that would be, you know, dipped in a campfire and given to you, you know? I mean, it's like, that's the thing. I feel like I've got a campfire going in my mouth. This is something I feel like I should be smoking with a bunch of buddies out on a fishing trip or something like mm-hmm. that. I want to chew on it. I don't know why, but I have this, like, 
innate like desire to just gnaw on the end of this like a <clears throat> piece of jerky or something like that. Hmm. You Interesting. know, I don't I don't know why. I don't know if it's the size or just the fact that it's just so like. I mean, I I can't. You you all, I'm I'm highly encouraging everybody to go out and try one of these just for the sheer novelty of it. But I think, I mean, I don't mind this at all. This is actually really nice. It really is. Have you ever chewed tobacco, Nick? I have not. I did once. Like, I bought a can of chewing tobacco and put it between my cheek and gum. And I, I mean, I chewed away on that for probably 20 minutes and then vomited till I saw angels. It was the worst experience of my life. Hmm. Nick is currently smoking his De Serona. It, uh, it, it just, I had a violent reaction to the chewing tobacco and never did it again. Interesting. My grandfather used to do chewing tobacco um, all the way up until uh, he couldn't anymore, actually. My dad, which he would uh, kick my butt if he heard this podcast, luckily he probably will not, but um, when he was in the Army, he used to chew tobacco. Mm-hmm. I, uh, very few people would know that about him. He never smoked, but he chewed tobacco. Yeah, no, my grandfather did, and I distinctly remember, I have this memory of my brother and I being over at his house, and we were always like, what is this bucket he keeps spitting in it? And we looked in it, and it was the most foul thing I've ever seen in my life. Although I do love cigars, and I actually like to smoke a pipe occasionally. (coughs) A lot of cigar smokers aren't pipe smokers and vice versa, but I've I've always enjoyed that. Sorry, I just inhaled a whole lot of smoke uh, taking my drink. So. But uh, it's it's one of those things where yeah I will never chew tobacco again. That was a horrific experience for me. It, yeah. So far, I've had to ash once. That's the that's the one thing I do not trust the ash on this thing. It is a quick smoke. Um, well, we're burning I, through it pretty fast. See, I don't think so. I mean, it, it it's deceptive. I think you think you're burning through it pretty quick, but I still have quite a bit of mine left. The thing is, I just don't trust the ash. I mean, there's, it's so thin and, and, and everything that I feel like, you know, it's going to, it's going to fall in my lap. At any moment. <laughs> it is harsh when you inhale it. It is harsh when you inhale it, you know, like, I mean, this is not, this is not <coughs> definitely not something I'd give a novice smoker. No, this is not a starter cigar. Not by any means. This is not for the, you know, weak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just dying over there. We're going to see what it does to the tequila. Well, it does look pretty, though. I'll tell you, even in my wildest college drinking days, I could not do straight tequila. That's just the worst. You know what? It's much better with the smoke. I mean, I'm going to take it your took, word on that. It, it's just there like is, the DiSerono from episode one. Took the bite out of it? It took the bite out of the tequila. Interesting. Yeah, very. I, I mean, I'm still not going to do it, but I'll take your word on that. I'll stick with my, you know... Flavored liqueur over here. Well, the De Serona is always a good choice with cigars. It is indeed. No, this. I is think a, the fruitiness of the De Serono pairs up nicely with most anything you smoke. I'll tell you, this is a fascinating cigar. I I don't know. It's it's a huge seller over over in Italy. You know, over there, it's not even a quite when you, you know. In some cases, you'll go into a store, and you know they'll just say, you know, you'll you'll just. Instead of saying, oh, I'd like to buy some cigars, you just say, you know, Toscano. And a lot of times, it's not even, I want Toscano. It's more, you say what type of Toscano you want, and they just grab whatever. I mean, it's it's that prevalent 
that's why it was a little surprising to me, you know, that it, it was a little more difficult to track down here in St. Louis. However, again, I feel so ignorant that I didn't think to check, you know, the cigar place in the Italian neighborhood for them. That we frequent. That we frequent all the time. But, um, and then once he pointed out, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I, I've walked past that case, I mean, every time I've ever been there. Every time I've ever been there, I have walked. But we past always go directly shelf. to the humidor. Well, precisely, and and there are other fire cured, you know, cigars. I mean, for example, Drew Estates I know makes, you know, some fire cured cigars, and uh, but they, you know, they keep those in the humidor. So the fact that these were not in the humidor just it threw me off. So I even bought a cutter from the case that's literally next to the case of Toscanos. You know? Snake, it would have bit you. I, it really would have. So speaking of the spaghetti westerns that these came from, what is your favorite Clint Eastwood western movie? I'm going to go with, it's not a spaghetti western. Okay. But I'm going to have to say Unforgiven. Good choice. I, I just, that was an amazing movie. Fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. I can appreciate them. Um, you know, they're good. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll admit, you know, a lot of people are actually going to not necessarily. I mean, some people might, but, you know, the younger generations probably aren't going to remember them from actually watching them as much as they'll remember them from that scene in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. When he's got the, the iron plate underneath mm-hmm. his, his uh, sweater or, or his shawl or whatever it is. And Did you really just call that a sweater or a shawl? I don't poncho. Poncho. I couldn't think of the word. Thank you. <laughs> See, that's why it's this is not a one-man podcast, other than the fact that you'd all get really bored hearing my voice constantly. Oh, yeah, um, like I'm livening up the show. Banter is good. I, I'm telling you, man, there's no way I could do this on my own. because My favorite Spaghetti I Western? I bored with listening to this. My yeah. favorite Spaghetti Western? Yes. Three Amigos. <laughs> not quite a Spaghetti Western. Look up here! Look up here! And it's also not a Clint Eastwood. Um, movie. He doesn't make a cameo? I don't think so. I mean, if we're going to go favorite Western, just in general favorite Western, Tombstone. All the way. Really? Oh, dude. Tombstone is a fantastic movie. Hmm. Val, that was, I will go so far as to say. Val Kilmer? That was Val Kilmer's best role. You're totally going to discount Top Gun. Oh, come on. Yes, I am going to discount Iceman. Wasn't he Batman? Uh, yes, for one film. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very good. But I'll tell you, his Doc Holliday, by far, the best role he's ever done. It, it was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. I was waiting for it. Now, you know what my favorite Clint Eastwood movie is? What's that? <sighs> Kelly's Heroes. There you go. Not a Western but it is a great movie. And for those of you that haven't seen it, I you should. Seen it. You've never seen Kelly's Heroes? Not. You've Dude, got on to me about this once before. As well I should. It, okay, you're talking Clint Eastwood, Telly Savalas. You've also got Don Rickles. Um, mm, that's where this came up. You and I were talking about Don Rickles. Yeah, I love Rickles. Rickle, Rickles could not, you could not do Don Rickles' humor. His comedy would be lost in this day and age. But There's a Don lot of Rickles, comedy that would be lost true. in this I mean, think about it. Mel Brooks. Oh, you, you could get, not. Mel Brooks would have no career these you days. You could not make Blazing Saddles today. You, I mean, you couldn't make hardly any of his films this day. 
possibly Spaceballs, but even then there are some parts in that that I would argue would uh, be shut down by the PC police. Mm-hmm. So No, so Kelly's Heroes, it's basically, um, they, they catch a German um, officer, and he's carrying around a briefcase, and it's filled with lead bars so he can throw the uh, documents into the river in case he's captured. Well, they start looking at the lead bars, and they realize they're not lead bars, they're gold. Wow. And they get the information out of him after a large bottle of alcohol, and he basically fesses up that there is millions of dollars worth of gold stored in a bank behind German lines. Okay. And it's being protected by three, uh, I believe it's three panzer tanks, and basically a, you know, a whole supporting unit of troops. So Clint Eastwood's character, Kelly, gets a group together of, you know, people from his unit. He brings in, um, again, Rickles, who's uh, basically, you know, the, the quartermaster and, you know, in charge of all the supplies. And they end up getting, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Don, Donald, Donald Sutherland? Sutherland? Yeah, Donald yeah. Sutherland is in it, and he plays a tank commander. And it is a classic role. He's playing a hippie in 1940, in the 40s. <laughs> it is just phenomenal. So, uh, you know who else is in it? Captain Steubing. Um, and I can't think of his actual <laughs> name right now. Steubing. But Captain Steubing is the mechanic on the tank. Okay. His, uh, his character's name is Moriarty. For the life of me, I cannot remember his actual name. Nick's going to Google that while we're to talking. To the Google. To the Google. So, they end up leading a charge through German lines, get behind the lines, and eventually make their way to this town where they have to fight their way into the town. And they get it down to the point where there's one panzer tank left in the in the center square. Oh, it's uh, Gavin McLeod. Thank you. No He's problem. also a preacher. Did you know that? I did not know that. So he was able to legally pe- uh, marry people in the love boat. Right? Well, he was a captain. He could do it anyway. Well, that's true, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually a minister. That was fictional, but the he's, pre- preacher he's actually a minister. real. There could be people that were married on the love boat that are actually, that are actually married, married, and they don't even know it. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charo and whatnot. <laughs> Charo. Charo's married to like eight people for trips on the love boat. Oh, my gosh. So they get to the town. They Charo. get it down to one tank. It pulled that right out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> they, they get down to one tank. And at this point, the tank commander realizes, you know, that he's alone. So he just starts unleashing his cannon on the town. And they oh. realize he's just going to devastate the town. So finally, they're talking, and it's Telly Savalas, and it's Kiefer, or, uh, Donald Sutherland, excuse me, and Rickles. And they're all sitting there talking. And they're talking about, what are we going to do? You know, they were out of armor. All their tanks were broken. There's no way they can get rid of this tank. And finally, Rickles looks at him and says, make a deal. And they're like, what, what do you mean a deal? And he goes, a deal, deal. Maybe the guy's a Republican. It's one of the greatest movie lines ever. And they end up walking up to the tank. Tank commander gets out. He doesn't know what he's guarding. They explain it to him. He spins the turnaround and blows the front of the bank open, and they all split the gold. Wow. Yeah, so I've just ruined the movie for everyone, but you should have seen it by now. It's really old. <laughs> I was say I don't think we need spoiler alerts on a movie from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Say, I, I think we're good. It's a it's a great movie though. I'll tell you. Okay, so I'm not quite halfway through this, and this and what's the cigar again? This is the Toscano uh, Classico. This cigar has triggered all of my paranoia about setting my clothes on fire. <laughs> 
So <laughs> Which Nick has done more I have, than once. I have unfortunately ruined a sweater and a sweatshirt. What smoker um, hasn't at some point? Because specifically because of little shards of hot wrapper. wrapper, not the ash. Everybody's all like, "Oh, I got ash on me." Ash isn't going to burn you. It's the it's the wrapper, the little flakes of wrapper. This has got all my paranoia going because. I don't know what yours looks like, Jeff. But We're I'm basically lo- smoking a piece of tinder. I am looking at mine against the light of the uh, computer screen here. And so I can see just how gnarly this thing is. I mean, I've got tendrils of tobacco. Just well, that's a word not in common this. usage. And well, I like to use a little flavor every once in a while. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, classing up the joint. This thing is just, I just feel. Like, this is just going to fall on my shirt and just ignite me <laughs> at any given moment. Well, I mean, he's wearing a DC Comics shirt, so you is know, it really a loss? Come on now. Marvel. Anyway. I'm a Marvel nerd. Although I do like Harley Quinn, but for many other reasons. Oh, my. I'm trying to ash this so that it'll... Not get, set you on fire? Get rid of those little twigs. Look at this. Can you see this? I can. Can you see how, like, I've got, like, this guy coming off? And yep. Here, let me hit my flashlight, because we are recording this at night outside, uh, hence the uh, night noises. Look at that. Look Dude, at, that's how it should be. Now look at mine. I was going to say, yours has a very clean burn line for a Toscano. Yours is just coming apart. mine is just, like, I've got this shard of wrapper I bet you there. smoked yours backwards. Nick took his out of the packaging early, so you wouldn't hear it being unraveled. I was and trying then he, to be polite. Then he forgot which end was which. Which, I didn't. I don't think it really matters with these. I don't see how it could. I don't see how it could either. I mean, it, you know, but I have definitely got some splitting of my wrapper going here, and I'm paranoid. You know what else is a good movie? What's that? Well, not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because we just saw that, and it sucks. So yeah, we bad. won't get into that. Yeah. I mean, just, it, you can't rewrite history when people are still alive. Oh. Nope. That are referenced in the movie. I'm yeah. just, uh, I'm, I have a problem with that, and I'm just saying. All right, now that we've sufficiently covered that. <laughs> no, but what? What's another movie that you really like? Me? Yeah, I've got a lot of movies I really like. Uh, name one. Um, Ghostbusters is a personal favorite of mine. The uh, female cast. Um, I prefer the '84 original. As do I, but I will. I'm going to admit something here. Oh, okay. My daughter, I have a nine-year-old, and she loves the female version of Ghostbusters. Okay. Now, watching it in the theater, I was very disappointed in the movie. But now that I've watched it eight or nine times with her, because she loves to watch it over and over, it's really not that bad. It's not near as bad as it got panned. No, here's the thing. I will briefly divert over to the Ghostbusters movie and then circle back to the main point here. The uh, I had no problem with the female characters at all. I thought they were perfectly fine. I had no problem with them whatsoever. My problem with that movie was if you watch it, it's almost beat for beat <coughs> a remake of the 84 original. And the thing about it is if you're going to do this, if you're going to reboot and restart and everything like that, fine, but tell a different story. You know? I mean, it even got to the point that there's a giant, like, you know, ghost walking around New York that they have to fight. And, I mean, you mean was, not not unlike a giant marshmallow sailor? Well, precisely. But, you know, it just, it just wasn't, it was, I mean, they had to stop him by what? Crossing the streams. I mean, it's just, 
it was the same movie just redone with female actors and and and, and newer CGI and newer CGI and the thing about it is I don't mind I like those characters put them in an original story and I would actually be entertained by that but in terms of you know that movie that that was it was it was not a good movie no right anyway so now, going yeah. going real quick just to divert one more time yeah going back to Tarantino mm-hmm. I love Pulp Fiction. I've never seen it all the way through. Oh, you're missing out. I've man. seen I've seen the scene where they're talking about the uh, uh, the Royale or whatever what yeah. the what the name of the quarter pounder is. Everybody's seen that. It's the only scene I've seen. You are missing out. That is a fantastic movie. So anyway, back to good movies. Big Lebowski. Love the Big Lebowski. Absolutely. And who is the cowboy in that? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. That guy is just a classic Western figure. I would pay good money, good money, to have Sam Elliott just follow me around and narrate my day one day out of my life. Just like the Big Lebowski. Just like the Big Lebowski. If he could just follow me around and just stare off into space and be like, what Nick didn't know was that this day (laughs) is going to be a big day for him. And just something like that. I would kill for that if we ever get sam elliott to sit in on the podcast with us we should smoke these cigars with sam elliott somehow i don't think we're gonna get sam elliott to sit in on the podcast you gotta set your sights high so okay let's review and reflect here so (laughs) (laughs) so jeff wanted the cigar vixen to come on i still do delicia if you're listening please reach out to us we'd love to do a joint podcast and now he's saying sam elliott are we just going to start throwing out like fantasy guests every we're going to beg for guests until we get one beg for guests until one comes along so now again you've already interviewed oscar i have you have interviewed oscar and that was he was very very engaging to talk to we, the man loves his cigars and his product. He does. And as, how, how do you blame him? They're as, wonderful. As I would hope that any cigar company owner would. I mean, name a cigar company owner. They're going to promote their stuff, and and I would, or at least I'd hope so. But it is refreshing sometimes to hear cigar company owners talk about other cigars that they enjoy outside of their brand. Because I would argue that these guys, you know, you don't want to get, you don't want to only smoke your own stuff because then. You're not branching out and seeing what other people are maybe doing because maybe somebody else is doing something, blends, really, the flavors, something yeah. really good that maybe – I'm not saying you want to rip off, but maybe it might give you an inspiration for something new. Although, you know, that's going to get significantly harder with the FDA regulations and everything in terms of bringing out something new. But I will say since we're smoking this rustic and cigar and we're mentioning Oscar, one of my favorite cigars by Oscar is The Leaf. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly a lot of it. I'll be honest: is the packaging. They package it in a tobacco leaf, and I just think it is the coolest thing. And the cigars are great. Yeah, they are. We'll get to those one day. Oh, absolutely! I think we need to get to those one day. That one's on the short list. So I'm about halfway. This is this is a deceptively long smoke, Jeff. It really is. Because here's the thing: when you get this thing out, I mean, it's I don't know. What would you say? Six inches. Probably about that, yeah. Maybe, maybe about six inches, maybe... Five and a half, six, somewhere Five there. and a half, six inches, somewhere in there. It, it, Banana you know. for scale. <laughs> Folks, I got a story to no, tell you. we're just going to move on. No, we're not. Oh, we need to just move on. <laughs> Nick didn't realize what banana for scale meant. So here's I, the thing. 
I, I've seen it on the internet. I've seen people, you know... Uh, I've seen like, a lot of things on the internet. <laughs> seeing it in comment sections, you know, but like... And uh, I, uh, I didn't realize... I just thought it was just a very odd unit of measurement that the internet had adopted. I didn't realize what it's it was in dirty. reference to and it's dirty. yeah i didn't realize that it was in reference to and, uh, and nick being male genitalia being the sweet sweet and, soul and, that he and is you know what i've dropped that in conversations with you many times and you never once said it because i always thought you knew what it meant no now, i didn't until the, my the problem is it's when nick dropped it in conversation at my employee luncheon i took all my employees out mind you all of them are female, and uh, we were we were. Commemor- I was tagging along. Jeff was tagging along, and we were commemorating the last day for my office manager, mind you, who's Pente- Pitts. who's Pentecostal, and so um, something came up, and I don't even remember what, and I just you know threw out banana for scale. Or did and I you, watched. Did his you en- use a banana for scale? You know, or something like that. Watched just, his entire staff. Spit, <laughs> I mean, spit their food out. They. Popped up like meerkats and were staring at me and dying, and I'm just. And it like, was at that moment that it clicked with Nick what it meant. I think you could have seen the revelation hit my face. I, I watched think, it. Yeah, it immediately clicked, and that's when I just immediately started begging forgiveness and please don't sue me for sexual harassment um, because I had no clue. It, we all got a good laugh. I'm sure you did. I'm down. I'm down to about a third of my stick. Are you really? I really How am. are you smoking this you know, thing that well, fast? You're, you're speaking more than I am, so I'm smoking faster I, than you are. Maybe, but like, I'm over here puffing on this thing pretty good, and I'm... You're also smoking it backwards, apparently. About halfway. Um, have you had any flavor changes? No, not really. It? It's It's been pretty standard through the smoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, Davidoff that we did in the first episode... Davidoff, but okay. Oh, that's right. Davidoff. Uncultured swine. I know. Davidoff. <laughs> so that cigar changed as it went. Yes. Okay. So as a side note to um, the first episode where we did smoke, it was the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, the last or slightly the, more the, expensive the late cigar hour, the late than, hour. than we're doing tonight. Significantly. Um, that cigar, it started off. With like a very light sweetness and yep. a and a kind of an oakiness, uh, a hickory kind of a wooden taste, you know, a little taste of wood. But man, you got down past the halfway point on that thing, and the spice the spice started. And by the end of that, uh, when I'm you know down to like the last little nub, that thing was a pepper bomb. And so it definitely uh, it definitely got some kick as it went along. Yeah. Great cigar. It was a fantastic cigar. But I have to admit, I'm enjoying this Toscano. I am too. I fully plan on throwing some of these into the uh, into the glove box. Yep. That way I've just, you know, got a smoke on me just in case. A nice uh, utility smoke. Well, precisely. Just in case, you know, you're somewhere and you need a smoke and, you know, you just... Got a little time to kill? Got a little time to kill and, by God, this is a great smoke. That Avengers... Endgame. That was a good movie. Are we just going to sit and talk movies? Well, I mean, we're smoking this because of a movie. I thought it was kind of a theme. What am I hearing? It's our neighbor. Oh, okay. (laughs) The neighbor's letting the dog out. So, yeah. So, just so you all get a clear picture of this, we are sitting out on Jeff's deck. Um, He has a covered covered back deck. We're doing so so that we can obviously smoke while we're we're recording. 
um, because you know uh, our 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 respective uh, uh, the, the folks that we share the homes with. In my case, my wife and kid, and in Jeff's case, is ex-wife and kid. Um, they long uh, story, folks. Long story. Uh, they uh, they tend to frown upon us smoking inside. So with good you know, reason. Well, I understand, but with that being said, we are sitting outside, and so hence you're getting the night noise of the bugs and you know that sort of thing. It's but, a delightful evening um, here in Southern Illinois. It is. Well, the mosquitoes have gone away. Thank heavens. They were about to carry Nick off. I think they did lift me up at one he point. Lo- they love your blood type. I'll tell you, people like going outside with me at night because the mosquitoes just come to me and flock to me and leave everybody else alone. Yeah, it's amazing. I've it's, seen it happen. It destroys me. It's a shock I don't have Zika. Well, I mean, we don't know. Mm, I think you know. <clears throat> I think you find that out pretty quick. I don't know how long the gestation period is for the Zika. I know West Nile is pretty bad, and that will knock you on your butt pretty quick. They found a few cases of that in Illinois so far. They have. Hence the reason I'm a little nervous about the fact that All I probably... All the flooding we had earlier this spring prob- and summer. Probably got about 12 new bites just tonight, so... But I will say, I'm I'm enjoying this cigar. I did not think I would. I, I wanted to smoke it just for the nostalgia of it. The novelty, if yeah. you will. Yeah. No, I, I agree. This was This was a pure... Novelty purchase, something to do for the podcast, something to do that was outside of the norm, and uh, no, I'm I'm digging this thing. So, what are our plans for uh, podcast three? One of the things we started in the first podcast is to try to let everybody know what the next cigar might be. So, if they want to go out and uh, you know purchase it before they listen to the next podcast, they can smoke along with us. It's true. So, what are your plans on uh, podcast three? Well. Jeff, we have quite a few options available that we to do. us. I'm thinking, since you've brought up Oscar in the last two episodes, you know, this one and then the last one, I think we might as well just go ahead and go straight for the uh, Superfly. I, I think that's awesome. I have not had a Superfly yet. Well, I have, and uh, so it won't be a new cigar for me, but it's uh, it's a great smoke. I mean, you're in for a treat with that one. Now, you have had the Wild Hunter. I've which, had the Wild which Hunter. Which was his other new one that came out. And the box the we time. bought, I've had that. I can't remember the name of the cigar. The it's c- with the artwork. Oh, Ciceron. Mm, yeah. Great smoke. Yeah. But, uh, no. The, uh, and, and a little darker cigar than, I'm, than I usually go for, but I've enjoyed it. Well, the Superfly is probably, I'd say, the darkest or heaviest of, of you know, all of Oscar's cigars. But even with that being said, it's it's definitely not as oppress is as heavy and and oppressive as as you know you might think by looking at it. I mean it's a it's a dark cigar with a, a gorgeous um, like rich purple and kind of gold band and everything. And so it's it's a it's a great cigar. But yeah, so that'll be fun. Good deal. Well, uh, this has been enjoyable. I've enjoyed the smoke. Yeah. No, this has been a great smoke. I mean, it's uh, it's been enjoyable. It's been it's been different. I'll say that. I mean, this is not. I don't know if it's this more is, more of a backwoods smoke. I would classify it. As. Yeah, I'm not going to say this is one that I'm going to sit around in a lounge and uh, you know. Smoke but it is a bunch it is of, a deceptively long smoke. You're correct about. I'll that. tell you what. This would be a fantastic cigar to do. Okay. This is a lawn care cigar. This is a when you're out cutting the grass or weed eating or something like that, and you just want to have a cigar when you're out doing the lawn work. A utility smoke, as I said earlier. I was going to say, you're right. It is a utility smoke. I could see you stock it up and having these for the van. 
for when you're out doing your deliveries and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. Well, Nick, I, again, I appreciate the cigar, and it's been fun to do the podcast with you. It has indeed. So this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit, this week featuring the Toscano Classico, and next week we will be doing the Superfly by Oscar. So with that being said, thank you very much for listening. The Bishop and Gator signing off. Signing off. Have a good night.